ready, baby? Well, is this thing on? It is. Welcome back to everybody to another rousing rendition of Counting Worms. This is a little podcast. It is a podcast. Not a book on tape or a movie. It could be, but it's not. Eventually it will be, but right now it's just a podcast. There's no just. It is the podcast. It is the only one. The only one that matters. That's right. My name's Scott. I'm Sarah. How about that, honey? Yeah, you remember. I did. And this episode today is a theme episode. It is. So that means that it's going to focus around a central theme, and we're going to each have some stories to tell you, and hopefully we'll laugh. That's the, th- that's the hope. That is the hope. The, so The theme is laughter. Yeah. You're looking beautiful, baby. Is that a new t-shirt? Yeah. It's my favorite one. <laughs> it it's is. The one, it, it's my holy shirt. <laughs> Yeah, not not. I do my hail Marys in it. I see. Well, are you ready for? Worm news, worm news, body time. (laughs) 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 Sorry, baby. Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, Jimmy. Golly, just fire him. God, he's such a jerk. Well, it just (laughs) wouldn't be a theme episode without Florida. And you never know what Florida will bring to the table. And that is why we love you guys. That's true. So last month, a woman and her mother were driving down Interstate 95 in Daytona Beach when something hit their windshield, smashing it. Oh, boy. And actually smashing through it and injuring the mother. Hmm. Yeah. The 71-year-old woman ended up with a severe gash to her head. And the daughter, who was driving, had to pull over and call 911 for assistance. Another driver, seeing some kind of incident, pulled over to help. According to the 911 recording, both were surprised by what he found. Oh, boy. Here we go. Here's the wormy aspect. There is a turtle in there, the man can be overheard saying. (laughs) A turtle? The daughter explained, exclaimed, an actual turtle? Now, we're all used to debris, like teenage kids trying to kill people by throwing rocks. But to my knowledge, this may be the first official flying turtle. I was going to say, it's a flying turtle. I've heard of them. Really? Yeah. Like outside of Mario Brothers? No, they're, they're real, honey. They're real. So the gash on the mother's head was bleeding profusely, but thankfully the actual injury was not severe. Quote, I swear to God, this lady has the worst luck of anything. The daughter told the 911 operator as she tended to her injured mother. Mm -hmm. Port Orange police responded and surmised that the turtle was likely crossing the interstate and got hit at just the right angle that it got knocked into the air by another vehicle, and it was just their bad luck, worst luck of anything, as the daughter put it, that it was their windshield that broke the flying turtle's path to heaven. Wow. Police officer Andre Fleming said that, on the other hand, the turtle was likely the luckiest little creature on earth, having the best luck of anything. It left the entire incident with just a few scratches on its shell and was happily released back into the nearby woods. That's the important thing. That's right. Hopefully, 
on the correct side of the interstate. And with a stern warning that highways are not meant to be used for turtle crossing. True story. We can hope. Speaking of turtles, (laughs) (laughs) I made a homemade turtle trap. We're going to replace them, you know, put them in another spot. We're not going to kill the thing, but it's starting to eat some of our tadpoles and stuff. Yes, we have a pond. Yeah, it's not very cool. All right, baby. So um, we can press on. Uh, We do have a story. I mean, a song. (laughs) (laughs) We have several stories. Wow. Yeah. All right. He's asleep at the wheel today. Don't worry. He will wake up. I will wake up. You're drinking coffee. I'm not drinking coffee. I should probably. Okay. So this is a song. Now there's a lot of, this is a very um, complex song. Oh, okay. We'll have to really pay attention. You really do have to pay attention. You ready? Okay. Tune in. Here we go. These folks use their heads to keep rain out their necks. Four cents short of a nickel and very far from complex. Couldn't pour water out of a boot with instructions on the heel. (laughs) A dead hamster lies motionless on their exercise wheel. They're modest people with plenty to be modest about. In an intellectual wrestling match, well, they'd have to tap out. A room temperature IQ, half a bubble off of plum. To summarize and say it plain and simple, these folks are dumb. Most people are dumb shits. <laughs> Fatheads, halfwits, clueless, lame, and dense, they're all dumb shits. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Now, you know, our Rosies, though, are fathead minnows, so. Yeah, they're, they're the exception they're to the, the exception. rule. Yeah, the one, the one line that I think nobody understood was half a bubble off of plum. Does that yeah. make sense to you? Well, yeah, because that's how you that's how you do it. Right. Yeah, and make, the, the, making the little. Uh, well, of course, you guys cannot see his motions. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> baby. Come on. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, um, but so whenever you're trying to level anything, you know they have the. It looks like a ruler, only it has a a, a bunch of little liquid. Uh, g- like gel caps in it and it has little lines and the little bubble moves and right. so if the bubble is in the center then you know that everything is is, is, is right. level it's plum yeah so so half a bubble off plum there yeah. we go anyway. they probably got it because if they're listening to us they're brilliant that's true i mean they got a, an iq of at least 146 and they're probably carpenters or something Yes, at least. Professionals. Well, even if they're not carpenters, they could be because they're brilliant. That's right. So shall we begin? Let's do it. All right. So my first story, it's not, I think it's not so much a a story about somebody who's dumb. Yeah. It's more a representative story of people at the early part of the range and the kind of things they do. Oh. Well, they're dumb. So this story, <laughs> that's right. They, well, they are. They can't help it, though. It's right. not their fault. That's correct. So dogs are man's best friend. They are. And we've had many dogs over the years. We have. Two now. Yes. But as much as we love our little four-legged friends, they can be a pain in the ass sometimes. Uh, they, Especially when they're farting. Yes. And they're a big responsibility. They are. Uh, once every two weeks or so, I make a giant batch of food for them. That's yes, a pain in the that ass. It takes about three hours. Um, make sure their water's red, you know, good and clean and all that. Take them out for walks. But perhaps the biggest pain in the ass of dog ownership 
is when it comes to picking up the dog shit. Can we agree? <laughs> Most definitely. Walking around with a bucket and shovel <laughs> and scooping up all types of, types of poop. Yeah, see, when I was a kid, uh, and it was my, my brother and sister and I, um, I was the oldest, so I played that really smart. I was the spotter. Oh, <laughs> nice. Over there, over yes. there. And they yeah. got to take turns being the scooper versus the bag holder. See, I'm all three. I'm yeah. all three. Yeah, that's that's that's. Some important. of the poops are not so bad. They're hard, and they're, you know whatever. Then you have the soft serve ice cream yeah, style. We're not going to go into. We're that. not going to. We don't know that. what they're doing right now. But there's those, nobody those on earth that likes yeah. picking up dog shit. No, I there's mean, not. That's, but nobody we love does. our dogs. We and do we love put the dog. Up with it. We actually love the dog, just not the shit. So most all of us put up with it. Well, most of us. Most of us right. put up with it. Which brings me to 11 year old Kareem. Granton from Brooklyn, New York. Mm -hmm. So 11, as far as the range goes, right. that's really at the front edge. Right. You know? That's pretty That's pretty young. You know, before double digits, I mean, right. you can't consider them rangers. Right. But 11, maybe uh, you know, just starting out. So he has a list of household chores that he's responsible for, taking out the trash, cleaning his room, setting the table, all that stuff. But there's one chore he really hates, and that's picking up dog shit. Doesn't like it. Gotcha. In Kareem's world, Wednesday was dog poop day. Oh. So on this particular Wednesday in question where the incident mm. took place, Kareem had simply had enough. Uh, he, no more dog shit. He'd made the decision. He loved Queenie. That was his dog. Oh. I know. But he'd made up his mind. And he, he had picked up his last he's log. He's not doing it. No, he's not doing it. So he and a pal headed off for Chuck E. Cheese instead. You see, his stepdad had slipped him a 10 spot, and that was oh. going to keep them fat in Fat City with the video games yeah. for a while. Later that day, his mother, whose name is Precious, mm -hmm. and that's her name, uh, she notices that her boy is missing. You see, he never came home from Chuck E. Cheese. Uh -oh. Five o'clock, no Kareem. Six o'clock, no Kareem. Oh, she's getting worried. In fact, Kareem didn't come home at all that night. Oh, my God. Yeah. By the next morning, when Kareem still hadn't returned home, Precious was frantic. Of course she was. And she, along with a community activist named Tony Herbert, they launched a citywide search for him. And Tony said in a press conference that Precious was a very responsible mother and there was no history of abuse and that Kareem was not a chronic runaway. Um, but then several more days passed. Oh, my God. Still no sign of Kareem. But on that Sunday, the family held a rally to draw attention to Kareem's uh, disappearance. Well, that's not that. That's not the end of the story. But so, where was young Kareem? That's the well, we story. Yeah. Has he been know. kidnapped? Is he still alive? You know, from the shows oh we gosh. watch after it, five days on this podcast, we don't, we're getting concerned. He's dead. I mean, yeah, that's it's the bad. End of it. Well, he was still alive. Oh, thank God. He had done something that is very common for young men in his particular age, age range, he did something very stupid. You see, he had taken what money he had left from his stepdad's $10 bill and hopped onto a subway train and just started riding. Oh. Yeah, for five days. Oh, my God. Kareem rode and rode and rode. Even, he even slept on the train. Oh, Kareem. And eventually he found himself so far from home, he didn't really know where he was or how to get home. Oh. And he knew he was going to be in trouble, so he just kept, just kept riding. Just kept going. <laughs> just kept going. So on Monday morning, uh, somebody finally noticed this dirty little boy who was looking oh. lost and in trouble. 
and they reported the child to the police, and he was taken into custody, so to speak. Oh. And he said, I just had a tantrum in the moment. I knew my mom was looking for me. I didn't know it would turn into this big of a situation. See, Kareem said he was just too scared of being in trouble to call his mom. So, a buddy, I know. Can you believe it? It just started, it just kept piling up on him. Yep. Uh, Uh, Just like the shit. uh, (laughs) That's right. Uh, NYPD officer Dennis Grimm found the hungry and disheveled boy and brought him to a McDonald's. Brought him to a McDonald's. The cop did this. That's ordered a a McGriddle and and let him play with his German Shepherd, Dakota. Good thing the he didn't have to go potty. So and then he was reunited with his family. Thank and God. he was beaten and he and ended up with severe concussions yeah. and a broken arm. <laughs> yeah. No. But by God, he won't get on another subway. No, he will not. So anyway. Yeah. That is the first wow. story. Can you believe it? Yeah. Well, all right. I can see how it can happen. It can. It can clap happen. your hands, everybody. Oh. And everybody just clap your hands. Next story. Nice. Yes. Tell me. So we typically back the blue and uh lately there there have been some struggles but none like this i'm hoping we've all seen those southwest airline commercials where they lay out a scene where someone does something always something stupid and then the tagline pops up want to get away yeah those are great those are fantastic and one of my favorites is the lady that it's like she's at her boyfriend's house meeting his parents for the first (laughs) time or or she's on a first date something like that and she excuses herself to the bathroom knowing the coast is clear she decides to take a little sneak peek in the medicine cabinet but when she opens the medicine cabinet, all the shelves collapse, <laughs> and uh, they broken make a glass. yeah broken glass, <laughs> and they make this loud, horrible commotion, and tons of medication and everything personal fall from the shelves all over the counters and floors. That's a great one. Um, and then the lady in that one makes the greatest, like shocked and horrible face ever. And then, of course, the announcer says, "Want to get away?" Yeah. Fares to wherever start as low as whatever, right. you know. I mean, it's just it's a great. It, it's great marketing. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really great marketing. But they're always so funny. Well, you know that leads me to my first story. Okay, and uh, and you said, and you said, you know, this isn't a story about a stupid person. Well, right. This isn't either. This is about forty-six stupid people. So, uh, I bet these 46 Brazilian police officers felt like they were starring in their very own Southwest Airlines commercial. At least they really, really, really wanted it to be just a commercial. Uh So, nearly 50 of Brazil's best officers were on a bus together headed to an athletic competition. These were the elite from all over the country all dressed up in team clothing on their way to the city of Salvador in the state of Paraiba. This was a group that trained hard, had the number one stats for all of their departments. Wow. And this competition was all about proving who was the best of the best. The right. fun, the excitement, the camaraderie was all powerful. Yes, very much. <laughs> well, until something went wrong. Oh, no. Even for the most seasoned detective. Oh, no. 
Suddenly, uh, on a dark, deserted stretch of road, the bus rumbled to an unexpected stop. Yeah. As it turns out, there was a roadblock. And no, this was not a police barricade. It was a robbery. Oh, no. Four armed men had blocked the road and now had the bus under complete control. Now, as I mentioned, (laughs) this was the best of the best. Brazil's greatest, most athletic, best cops in the nation. Were these bandits suicidal? I mean, they must be. At any moment, this is going to turn out to be a shootout at the OK Corral, right? I mean, Lord help us. These bandits are going to be, you know, meatloaf. (laughs) We can hope. 46 of the best cops in Brazil. And not a single one of them was armed. Nice. Hence my reference to the Southwest commercial. Yeah. Want to get away? (laughs) (laughs) Who knows what the hell they were thinking? Perhaps they thought with the stiff competition, it could get rowdy. And after all, there would be a lot of drinking. Sure. Maybe they shouldn't be popping off their weapons. After all, it was an athletic competition and shooting would not be needed. And nobody needed the embarrassment of getting fired on a company trip because after they won a soccer match, they fired their service weapon into the air after the game. Mm -hmm. I mean, some good thinking, maybe. But come on, almost 50 cops together and not a single one of them armed? Not one at all? Damn. How are they going to put a gun in their soccer shorts? The robbers were thrilled with their first part of the take, the normal stuff of wallets, watches, cell phones. But then one of them noticed some heavier jewelry that would have a lot more value on the street. Badges. That just gave them more joy than they could even express. And a super fun idea for everyone. Let's go ahead, and since these dudes are cops, and, well, as criminals, they don't really have the best relationship with cops. True. Let's take everything. Like everything. That, that, that'd be a great idea. So the four bad guys stripped the cops of everything. You know, first the valuables, uh, then their badges, and then those cute little sports uniforms. Their shoes, their socks, and then their underpants. Oh. And then they left them sulking just as God made them on the side of that dark and lonely street. An angry <laughs> and slightly red-faced spokesperson discussed the incident with the press and condemned the public for not having a greater outcry and trying to help locate these perps. When asked why they felt they had not received more support, the answer was spat back at the reporter. Because it seems most people thought the incident was just funny. It is funny. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, but it is. So they got away with it. Yes. Oh, my God. (sighs) Brazil. Yeah, because it seems like everyone in Brazil thought... Well, they didn't hurt the cops. They yeah. just took all their shit. And they're all naked. They're all, they're all up naked on the side of the road. Well, we can make fun of Brazil <laughs> and then because they used, we don't have any listeners there, yeah, I don't think. I know. And then they left all 46 <laughs> cops 
as athletic as they were, to jog to the nearest place to get help. <laughs> now, those, those of you who can't see Sarah. <laughs> All right. That's yeah. funny. Wow. All right. Nicely played. Nicely played. Next story. All right. So <laughs> my next story is, there's my next two stories, the only two stories I have, are <laughs> examples of our crack research team. Oh. They have really... Uh, like crack? Like, like smoking or, crack? No. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, they have really uh, hit pay dirt oh, twice they've, like, for one taken show. They've taken it up a notch. Yeah, and this, this story here has, has some, uh, some of the... will reap the rewards of their hard wow. work. So when you think of 20-year-old males, what adjectives come to your mind? Ugh. Ugh. Is that, a, is that an actual word? Well, I mean, it's what comes to my mind. Stupid, maybe? <laughs> Irresponsible? <laughs> Bulletproof? Bulletproof, yeah. Foolhardy? Yes. All right. So this story takes us down to one of our favorite places on earth, South Australia. Oh, yes. That was a terrible accent. That was fantastic. It was? Yeah, definitely. Thank you. We have, uh, we have a lot of listeners in that part of the world. We do. And we love them. I really don't understand how we do, but we do. Uh, but we love them. Just the same. They're our favorite. There's an area down there called the Limestone Coast. Ooh. And there's a town called Mount Gambier. Now, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. G-A-M-B-I-E-R. Well, of course you are. Gambier. Okay. So the town <laughs> was founded back in the 1840s. And the initial buildings for the town, like the city hall and the post office and hotel, were built in a three-acre garden area surrounding a 30-meter, which is about... 100 feet okay. deep sinkhole. Oh. And that was the, the attraction. It was, it, it provided, it was the main water source for the town up until the 1850s. So for about 10 years, that was the source of their drinking Interesting. water. Yeah. These days, the sinkhole is known as uh, the Cave Gardens Sinkhole and something of a tourist tr attraction. Cool. Uh, they have seating areas uh, and viewing platforms that offer folks a great you know, photo opportunity for, of this natural wonder, which is pretty cool. Now, on this podcast, we've heard many, many times about the combination of potentially dangerous natural attractions. Yes. And 20-year-old males. Yes, they go hand in hand. Kids today! I they're, mean... They're made for each other. Okay, so enter the protagonist of this story, uh, Ranger by the name of Bradley Streeter. Nice. That's a I nice like name. It. it is a good name. Bradley's social media pages showed that he had a passion for cars and motorbikes. Cool. Which other folks might call motorcycles. Oh, and some others might call donor cycles. Right. He'd break them down and build them back and sell parts on Facebook. He was really heading straight into a career as a mechanic. It uh, sounds like it. And he was doing very well. Uh, he was into four-wheeling, loved camping, fishing, kind of an outdoorsy guy. Huh. Liz Ann, Liz. If he, if, he, if he kept it up, he'd be a man's man. That's right. Liz Ann, that's her name. Liz Ann, I guess Ann oh. is her last name. A close friend of Bradley Streeter's had this to say about Bradley. Now, don't draw any conclusions about the fact that she refers to him in the past tense. Oh, okay. okay? That, we won't not. do that. We won't. He was such a loud personality mm -hmm. that I think... It, even if people didn't know him well, he imprinted on them extremely well. 
What? I know. To me, that means he was just a loud, belligerent asshole. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it, it painted he was everybody's so loud, ass. But I could he be wrong. imprinted on you, even if you didn't know him. Yeah. Like, get that guy away from yeah. me. Yeah. Oh, who is that ass? <laughs> yeah. That's that's what I think. Huh. So rather than tell you about what happened this particular day, the incident, the we, incident. Might, we might call it. Yes. Uh, we're going to let you listen into a recording that was made right there at the Cave Garden oh, sinkhole. Okay. Um, this is a crazy story. But apparently one of our team members in the research department, you know Rodrigo? Rodrigo? Yes. Uh, nice guy. That, guy. that guy's great. He is good. Uh, he was riding in an Uber last week. And he got to chatting with the driver, and it seems that the driver had a babysitter that watched his young daughter, and the babysitter had an uncle whose friends worked in the parks department down in uh, Mount Gambier. Nice. And as it turns out, strangely enough, the lookout viewing platform uh, has several microphones nice. uh, mounted right around there. And so, long story short, Rodrigo was able to get a hold of that uh Copy of that tape. Nice. So are you ready to listen Uber. to this? I love Uber. And it's crazy because it seems like, I mean, they must have tons of mics because it really, you feel like you're right the there. The quality of the audio is great, right? Yeah, that's right. So, okay, perfect. Here we go, baby. Ready? Ready. This holiday out here in the whoop whoop has been a ripper. This sinkhole <laughs> is sick, mate. It's so bright out here. Hey, mate, hand me my sunnies. <laughs> ah, that's better. The view from this deck is gnarly. I don't know. I'm a bit afraid of heights. What a bogan. I can't <laughs> believe that my best carver is such a dag. And I can't believe my best mate thinks his budgie smugglers are turning on the Sheilas. Bloody oath they do. These bathers are dead set. Listen, I got an idea that's going to push those Sheilas over the edge. Here, hold my coldy. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Well, you know I've been practicing my handstands, right? Well, you see that handrail on this observation deck that overlooks the 30-meter drop into the sinkhole? Well, I'm going to do a handstand right on top of that railing at the edge. I'm just pissed enough to pull it off. Uh, I don't know, mate. It seems a bit iffy. Don't be a drongo. It might be iffy for a bludger like you, but for a larrikin like me, she'll be apples. Are the Sheilas looking over here? Yeah, there's heaps of them. All right. Here we go. Wait, wait, wait. Let me get it on video so we can post it to your Instagram account. All right, everybody. As you can see, on the other side of this handrail is a 30-meter drop into the trees and rocks. But is he scared? Not Bradley. You see... Oh, shit! Crikey! Can you believe that? Wow. And so Bradley, he didn't make it. He didn't make the he handstand? Did, well, he made the handstand for a oh, few okay. seconds, but no, oh. he didn't He didn't survive the fall. Oh. Maybe he didn't appreciate how far down 30 meters is, but... Well, that was irrelevant. Maybe he just didn't appreciate that when he was letting go, he should do it on one side versus the other. Yeah. Well, that's true. I think he just lost his grip. Issue. He was bulletproof. You know how, how rangers are. So rescuers were... What, were, a- they shoot, were they shooting at him? No. Well, then what does bulletproof have to do? Rescue workers <laughs> were able to retrieve his body about 3 o'clock the next morning. 
Now, it shouldn't surprise you that this is not the first time that a ranger has explored the sinkhole in an unexpected and unauthorized way. <laughs> in 2005, a 21-year-old man fell 33 feet into the sinkhole when he lost his footing, trying to get closer, closer view. Uh-huh. Uh, he wasn't counting worms, though. He just had some facial injuries uh, as well as a broken arm and leg. Mm. And then in 2011, two men, they didn't state their age, but I think we can all take a good guess. Uh, they illegally climbed into the sinkhole and they had to be rescued. One of them was injured, needed to be airlifted out on a stretcher, and the other one was taken into uh, police custody. So hmm. that is the story of this garden, whatever it's called. <laughs> the Our favorite goal. place. Right. Yeah. Well, no, that was South Australia. Yeah, oh, that oh, I okay. know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Handstands. So it's, it's good for yeah. us to be able to hear some true Australians, and so mm-hmm. we really know how they talk. I know I always try and yeah. Im- imitate them, but... It's nice yeah, to but really to hear, hear their some... slang and stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was I almost crazy. understood a third of that. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> I was following it pretty good. But yeah. Yeah, you know. I mean, there's still a lot of words they use that we don't use. But right. anyway, they're right. cool. So, anyway. So, that's my story, baby. All right. So, tell me your next story. Next story. Okay. Canada. Oh, oh Canada. Oh. Is, Is this the do? story that gets you on the map? Oh. It had to happen, but really, you picked the dumb, plain, and simple episode? Oh, no. I never would have thought it of you. Anyway, congrats nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. You know, welcome Canada. 18-year-old, perfectly done, David (laughs) Zerfla is square in the range. Okay. Poor David. He was out minding his own business, doing what Canadians do. Right, Jason? Uh, Sorry, that was a personal shout out. Right. When apparently he began getting totally harassed by the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. RCMP. Something about being intoxicated. Oh, they do a lot of that up there, don't they? (laughs) Whatever. Whatever. Big drinkers, those Canadians. Supposedly, (laughs) David had been weaving down the highway, in and out of lanes of traffic, and had been seen by all kinds of people. But really, who are these people? David didn't know them, and frankly, we probably don't either. So what kind of witnesses can they really be? Lousy ones. Right? That's my guess. As RCMP Constable Bill Robinson attempted to make the stop, however... David did something that I don't actually recommend. He ran from his vehicle. (laughs) FYI, I tend to lean away from running from police. And I recommend it uh, even less when you're drunk. Sorry, David. We got a runner. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Constable Bill did manage to catch up with the stumbling David and collar his suspect because as i understand it the mountie always gets their man here is where it gets a little strange while sitting in the back of his patrol car david tried to eat his shorts i'm sorry yes that is of course constable bill's testimony in court Of course, can we believe anything he says? I'm already calling bullshit because how in the hell can he be a Royal Canadian Mounted Police 
in a friggin' patrol car. Hello, does he ride on top of his squad car? Exactly what then is he mounting? Uh-huh. Ooh la la. Mm. Very curious. Oh, I don't understand. Anyway, eats his shorts. I'll, I'll okay, get, you're getting can, there. Can you give me just a yes, moment? Yes, I'll give you just a moment. Anyway, apparently, David thought that if he ate his underwear, the cotton fabric would absorb the alcohol before he took his breathalyzer test, helping him to beat the charges and making Constable Bill, the unmounted Mountie, look all the more foolish than he already does in a patrol car. Now who is laughing, silly RCMP without a horse? Hmm. Mm -hmm. So David ripped the crotch out of his briefs and stuffed it in his mouth. Oh, David, why the crotch? Couldn't you have picked another section of your underpants? Ew. A class of law students from William E. Hay Composite High School just happened to be in court as observers the day of David's trial. And the teacher had to remove them during the RCMP officer's testimony. The 11th and 12th graders had difficulty maintaining composure. <laughs> I'll bet. Probably laughing that he had no horse, as David did, and wondering, why do they make him ride around in a plain old cruiser? Where is his horse? What is he mounting? Now... Before you assume the dumb, plain, and simple was David eating his own underwear and choosing the crotch, he subsequently was acquitted of the impaired driving charge when he blew a .08, which is the legal limit. So Judge McNaughton had no other choice. Apparently, eating the crotch of your own dirty underwear does have some kind of sobering effect on you, but apparently not on the courtroom, since everyone was acting like they were the ones intoxicated, but not David. Wow. Well, that, that's something to stash in the old uh, yeah, noodle. Yeah, yeah. keep that in your back pocket because... Yeah, keep dirty underwear in your back pocket because Just keep a pair in your car. Yeah. <laughs> Does it have to be dirty, though? Well, we'd have to do an experiment. Soil, as they call it. We'd have to do an experiment. We don't know which part of it made it made it work. Wow. Okay. He was drunk before. Right. He ate the crotch of his dirty underwear, and he blew the legal limit. Not so dumb after all. Hmm. So was he? We don't know. Wow. All right. Thank you for that, baby. Yeah, that's a pretty good one, right? That's a good one. That's how you beat a breathalyzer. I would have never guessed that. Eat the crotch of your dirty underwear. Huh. Yeah. Never thought, never crossed my mind. Hmm. I usually have a pack of gum handy. <laughs> I'm sure that's a trick that cops know nothing about. Yeah. All yeah. right. Hopefully none of them are listening. So we're going to go to Connecticut for my last story. Connecticut? Connecticut, wow, yeah. Wow, that's weird. When it comes to dumb criminals, there's nothing quite like a ranger. Right? That's right. We have gone over many botched crimes on this show, but this one has a particularly dumb twist to it. This specific crime took place on your birthday in 2010 in Fairfield, Connecticut. Nice. Um, Rangers tend to approach 
most situations a little differently. And by different, I mean stupid. <laughs> and so this crime is a bank robbery. Okay? Mm. Now, in all fairness to rangers at home and abroad, uh, bank robberies is not an activity that's normal for rangers. Right. It's not part of their normal repertoire. No, they're usually just playing video games. Yeah, they just Where do they rob banks. Common day-to-day activities, walking, driving, drinking. They, they get into trouble just doing those. Yes. Um, so, what, so this one is, uh, is really ahead of their game. That's right. This is a one-off, so to speak. So enter Albert Bailey. Mm, good name. Yeah, it is a good name. 27 of Bridgeport, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. The other participant in this affair was referred to only as a juvenile. Oh, ooh. So not only do we have a juven- ranger. I wonder what juvenile is in Connecticut. Well, let's just say under 18. I'll, I'll just go with that. Yeah. So not only we got a ranger committing a bank robbery, but his accomplice is under 18. Is, Which is a ranger. <laughs> I'm sure this is going to go well. So the rangers, no doubt. The rangers in this story uh, may have me eating my words because it appears they have figured out the whole robber, bank robbery thing. And they've come up with a solution to the main obstacle to a successful bank robbery, right? So in most heists, uh-huh. the robbers walk into the bank, they hand the teller a note, give me all your money or whatever, right. I've got a gun, and then they sit around waiting for the teller to put all the money in the bag uh, and hand it off to them. And during that time, you know, somebody could be alerting the police. Right. Uh, some uh, customer might get a frisky and try and take them out. You know, there might There's... be a security guard, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they figured out a way around all that. You see, what they did was they called the bank ahead of time. Brilliant. And that way, the bank employees could would have time to gather up all the cash, get it all bagged up. So all they have to do is pop in, grab the bag, and away they go. Less time for somebody to get smart. In and out. Boom. Leave it to a ranger to solve a problem that's been plaguing bank robbers for hundreds of years. That is so smart. Now, you're not going to believe this. But in the second biggest research department coup of the year, we were able to get a hold of that phone call, a tape of that phone call that was made to the bank. Oh, Oh, yeah. Uh, they're so good, the research department, that they were able to even get part of the conversation like before the call took place and also after the call was ended. Well, probably because the robbers wanted to document their brilliance. They probably planned on being famous. Maybe. I, I don't know how they did it, but this one is a coup. Okay, so you want to hear, the, what, I, hear this call sounds I like? I do. All right, here we go. Here we go. Hey, man, I'm going to run to Taco Bell. You want anything? No, dude. I ain't got no money, bro. Shit. Me neither. All right. Maybe it's time to do that bank robbery thing that we've been talking about. Right on, dude. We'll have enough money to buy ourselves tacos for the next 10 years. So I ordered that voice changer thing on Amazon. Check it out. We have your daughter. If you bring us $1 million, we will not harm her. Is that crazy or what? That's awesome. So which bank are we going to rob? I picked out a place called the People's Bank down there in Fairfield. So we're people, right? It's kind of our money anyway, (laughs) right? (laughs) You want to do another bong hit before you call? No, man. I'm already lit. All right. 
Let me fire up this voice machine thing, okay? Take me to your leader. All right, man, turn down that music. This is a robbery. We are robbing your bank. Well, sir, I don't see you here. Where are you calling from? That's not important. Sir, if you're going to rob this bank, you're going to need to do it in person. We are going to be there in person in about 10 minutes, okay? I need you to get a big bag and fill it with full of money. No coins, though. You got it? Will there be anything else, sir? Oh yeah, don't put one of those paint cans that explode in the bag. I saw that on TV once and we don't want one of those. Okay, sir, so we'll see you in about 10, right? Right. Now, don't do anything stupid like calling the police, because we're watching you and we'll know. So get the bag ready and we'll be by to pick it up soon. Oh my god, that was so easy. I can't believe that she's going to do it. But we should probably wear some kind of disguises, right? Do you have anything? No, not really. Oh, I know what we can do. Give me that black Sharpie. Now just do what I do. Are you kidding me? They must have gotten that idea from our podcast. Oh my God, are you kidding yep. me? And <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so can you believe they got a hold of that tape? That's, I can't. That's I insane. Can't. Um, once the, uh, not unexpectedly, when the call was over, the employee phoned the police. And shortly thereafter, the juvenile entered the bank, the accomplice. Uh, and once he was inside, <laughs> the bank uh, initiated a lockdown, so all the doors lock and can't get out. And so after passing the, give me the bag with the money note, and they got about $900. Nice. The accomplice, <laughs> the accomplice politely asked to be let out of the bank, huh. which is nice. Uh, once he, they let him out eventually, and once he left the bank, he encountered a police officer who told him to stop. But he took off running uh, toward the car where Albert Bailey was waiting for him, and they were both arrested without incident. The two were charged with first-degree robbery and threatening in the first degree. Have you heard oh, of such a crime? No. The elder, but I like it. The elder Bailey was actually on probation for another bank holdup several years uh, prior. So there you have it. it. Yes. Baby, tell me your last story. All right. Well, (laughs) I hate to say it, but move over, Florida. Georgia is pushing into your spot this week. And they are going in for a kill shot. Going in strong. This story is going to show you they mean business, and they aren't just fucking around. (laughs) So welcome to the podcast, Peach State. Yeah. Cobb County police were called to a home while a man was burglarizing the home, during which he was wearing nothing but a t-shirt and socks. Sweet. Quote, the accused illegally entered into said victim's home, a complete stranger, with no pants on, and his genitals clearly visible, the warrant said. Sweet. <laughs> Paints a pretty picture. It does. Yeah, my, I guess mine could have been the, the lack of underwear show. <laughs> as soon as he broke in, the home's alarm system started going off and continued to go off the entire time. 
The man then calmly walked past the owner's room while having a gun pointed at him without seeming to be bothered by it at all. He went into a child's room where he put on a sweatshirt he found, but certainly not any pants, right. opened a window to the garage, and pooped on the ground. What? I think it was quite polite. He held it until he got outside. I mean, he isn't an animal. He didn't go in the kids' room, right? Surely he gets extra credit for that. He then stole a golf cart again, all <laughs> while not wearing pants. And I think Tom Petty wrote a song about this. What's it called? Free balling. <laughs> I mean, it makes pooping in a stranger's garage a whole lot harder if you're wearing pants. It does. Can I get an amen? Amen for that. Police did catch up with the wayward pantsless suspect on the golf cart, and they did order him to pull over. <laughs> but, well, he refused. He had places to be, things to do. What? Well, we aren't sure. He'd already had such an exciting night. Really? He has this awesome new sweatshirt, and now he no longer has to poop. <laughs> Nothing makes you feel better than having had a good poop. That's true. The world is now his oyster. The police were, quote, forced to pull in front of said golf cart and slow down in order to get the accused to yield, the warrant said. I believe that is similar to what we call a pit maneuver in Texas. Oh, yeah. We love those. Anywho. Technically, that did not work either, as the only way the pantsless bandit actually stopped was because he crashed the golf cart. <laughs> he then continued being on the lam by making a mad dash to a forested area, his junk swinging free, officers in hot pursuit, ordering him to stop, which, of course, he did not unwilling or without the desire to tackle the freeballing man, <laughs> a taser was used. Oh, God, I love tasers. And to their great dismay, it had absolutely no effect on oh, him whatsoever. No. I mean, this is the guy who ignored the gun, remember? Of course, the gun wasn't fired. Tomato, tomato. Quote, after deploying the taser, the accused was completely unresponsive to its effects. Then with clenched fists, turned around, and in a defensive posture, began advancing, end quote. <laughs> so pantsless and now angry, he turned on police. He may not have shown an effect on the taser, but it clearly wasn't a pleasant experience. <laughs> The cops were then forced to use what they call, and this is a quote, hard hand tactics. Really? End quote. I hope they have body cam video. To arrest the man, who at that point, pants or not, was beginning to seem a wee bit invincible. <laughs> <laughs> we now know the man to be James Paul Kogan, and boy, is he in some trouble. Yeah. He's facing a shit ton of charges, including two counts of public indecency. I think that's what they're going to call going pantsless and stranger garage pooping. 
<laughs> First degree burglary, reckless driving, driving under the influence of drugs and alcohol, theft by taking, obstruction of law enforcement, loitering, and criminal trespass. Yikes. But hey, you always have that rad sweatshirt you found. Good job, Georgia. A pantsless public pooper. We always love those. That's a good one. Georgia, representing. Yeah. Can you dust for butt cheek prints? Do butt cheeks have a print, like a palm print or How a foot print? How can they print? not, right? I'm sure that golf cart could yield all kinds of evidence. Yeah, I'm sh- not sure any of it you want. <laughs> well, baby, that's fun. So that's tell me, what, one, where right? do you get all your crazy information? Well, the Associated Press, yeah. policemag.com, The Advocate Canada, and Atlanta News WXIA. And mine, eonlinepeople.com, cnn.com, and our good friends at Wikipedia. Cool. Some cities to talk about real quick. Oh. There were a lot of new cities this last show, uh, but uh, this week I'm happy to say our number one city, I think it's once again, is Columbus, Ohio. Wow. They've been growing like crazy, and they were number one by a margin of two to one over number two. Wow. So well, and they and Ohio gives us some great stories. They do indeed. We do. They're love, our second. We favorites. do love Ohio. They're our second favorite state. Yeah. Uh, rounding off the top ten. Okay. Huff, Ohio, still going nice. strong. Uh, Ajax, Ontario. Oh. So forgive the thing I said about Canada and big drinkers up there. Oh uh, well. Right. Rose- the only Canadians we know. Just saying. Well, yeah, I know. Uh, Rosemont, California by Sacramento. Uh-huh. I've never been there. Atlanta, Georgia. Adelaide, South Australia. We do love Adelaide. Dallas, Texas. Frankfurt, Germany. Douglasville, Georgia. So we have two Georgias mm. in the top ten. And Grand Rapids, Michigan. Well, the Georgians are probably very excited to hear they've made the podcast. Yes, I'm sure they are. And you know, We know that... Uh, this show only spreads by word of mouth, so we appreciate that because That's true. you can't find us even if you're looking for us, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you very much for coming back and listening, and I hope you enjoyed it. And is there anything else you want to say before we nope. say adios? All right, well, until next time. Live big. Rest in peace. The, the worms, worms are waiting. waiting.